The Bloody Podcastacre with Zach Walters and Kennedy Catherine. Who is it? 2002, and they want their eyebrows back. Ring. Well, also, Bloody Podcastacre. That's Zach Walters. That's Kennedy Catherine. Thank you. I feel like I haven't seen you in... Ages. Did we record last weekend? No. No, I was gone. Hmm. I haven't seen you for two weeks. I know, that's so long. And then I roll in just looking like this. Honestly, you don't look that bad. Thank you. I've probably seen you look worse, the casino incident. But you were not there I know, but I've seen that photo. Quite something. Speaking of, um, I went out last night for the first time, like really going out mm-hmm. since COVID. Let me tell you something, everybody. As we return to the world and the world returns to us, proceed with caution because you are not prepared at all. I regressed to exactly who I was when I was 22 and I didn't eat dinner. A classic move. I couldn't walk and I did not drink much. I was just saying, how much did you have to drink? A couple of beer and a tequila shot. It's the tequila. It'll get you. Yeah, for sure. But it shouldn't It shouldn't have gone down that way. Welcome back to the world. You've the, been rebirthed. How was your night? I know you were watching this movie because I had a voice message from you that I forgot to listen to until this morning. Yes, I uh, started this movie. Mm-hmm. Then I stopped it. For some reason, once again, maybe it's my TV. Absolutely quiet. It was like they were whispering all their lines. But yeah, so it was like so quiet. And then I realized I was like 40 minutes in and I was not paying attention at all. And so then I, like, got back into it and watched for another 10 minutes and was like, I'm going to revisit this in the morning. Yeah. And so I got up this morning, 6.45. Hell yeah. Was up, ready, did my thing, watched the next, like, the last hour of the movie, and it was, like, 8.30. And I was like, well, now what do I do with my day? I actually think I prefer watching movies in the morning. Me too. It feels like I'm not wasting my day or evening, but if I watch in the morning, it's out of my way. I can go for my whole day. Mm Mm-hmm. I also feel like I can focus better. If I watch something in the evening, and I often do, I just find that I'm like on my phone more or Mm -hmm. just like not really in it. Whereas in the morning, I'm ready to go. Also, not a lot's happening in the morning with everybody. No. You know, so no one's hearing from everyone. No. So it's like you have downtime on your phone. So I understand that. Thanks. Maybe we could talk about this for another five minutes because I'm sure it's riveting content. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. I have been on a horror binge recently. Have you? Yes. So I've watched three new horror movies to me in this past week, two weeks. I know The Conjuring. So I saw The Conjuring. Devil made me do it. Blech, garbage. Ugh. It's so bad. I think I, I'm going to watch it tonight. It's like, oh, have fun. Well, you were enjoying it in the beginning. Yeah, the first eight minutes. Oh, okay. That's when you gave me your review? Yeah. <laughs> No, I gave you your, my review probably like, I think I had half an hour left. And I was just like, I am out. Yeah. Like we talked about, it is action. They gave Lorraine Warren superpowers and she can like transport herself spiritually into a different realm. It was weird. It sounds weird. It was awful. There was a, a sumo zombie at one point. Yeah, you told me about that. God, it was it was not good. Sounds like a trip. Um, I watched The Devil's Rejects. <gasps> And? I did not like it. You didn't? No, it was too boring. It was very long. I watched the director's cut. Yeah. But I felt like there just wasn't enough sustenance to keep me going as like, it felt like it hit a wall probably like a third of the way through. I love that movie, but the last time I rewatched it, I was surprised 
by just how long everything takes. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to watch Three from Hell. I think that you'll have an appreciation for Three from Hell from a stylistic standpoint. Okay. It's well shot. It reminds me, and I know that you're going to be like, I didn't watch it, but there's something about it that's a little Quentin Tarantino-y to me. Okay. And I was thinking specifically of um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Interesting. Yeah. Is it still like on that level of like gore and like... Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yes. I will be very much into that. Mm-hmm. And then I also went and saw, I had my first return to theater <gasps> experience. What? It was riveting. Was it Kennedy. magical? It was just like, I walked, we parked, and I walked up, and I was like, I am home. It was so, like, I was, one, terrified, because I was like, I don't, I haven't been to a theater in almost a year and a half. Yeah. And it was so strange to go back into, like, this place that, like, I'm so used to, but now, like, everything has changed. Mm-hmm. But it was actually really nice, because, so we went to the Landmark Theater, which is the nice recliners and everything. Yeah. And it was me and my friend, and then on each side of us, we had two empty seats and then the other people and then in front of us it would be an empty seat and then they would be spaced out in between like staggered right and we watched a video have you been to the theater yet i have yeah um but we watched a video on how to like exit the theater and how the front rows go first it was very organized mm-hmm. and that we don't go in the same doors as the outdoors but returning to the movie was amazing i went and saw a quiet place too <gasps> and i've heard it's good i loved it yeah I know a couple, like, well, one of my friends said, like, it was kind of plot holy, which I do, I can see that. My one thing is, if you can go watch this in the theater, do it. Because it's, like, that whole thing of, like, being quiet in the theater while they're trying to be quiet. The loud sounds is just, like, it does really well. Ending was kind of disappointing, because it just kind of just ended. You know, like, it just, like, all of a sudden, you were like, oh, that was the end. Is John Krasinski in it? Yes. Spoiler alert, he dies in the first one. Um, I didn't feel like a great sense of excitement about the sequel, as I tend not to about most mm-hmm. sequels. But yeah, I'm, I was. I'm I went in it. with it into it with low expectations. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really liked it. It was it was good. Um, that's my horror binge recently. I wanted to watch the Devil's Nope. The Devil made me do it. Mm-hmm. There was another one on Shutter that I really wanted to watch, but I'm having a hard time lately watching horror movies that aren't for this. Fair. Yeah, I have my horror for the week. I yeah. know what it is. Yeah. No, I totally feel that too. Um, but then also it's like, I have this panic of like, so I watched A Quiet Place too, and The Conjuring and I was like, should I be mentally taking notes so that I can write down something if we decide to do this one day? Right. I totally, I got that. It's hard. It's just, this is the life we lead. This is our struggle. Horror movies. The Ring. Good to be honest. We talked about this briefly. Could not remember the look of this movie. Me neither. Like, I, like, went into this and I was like, who are all these people? Naomi Watts. This was um, <laughs> The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Laura Linney 2.0. Yes. Because she came on and I was like, what? Well, at first I was like, Amber Tamblyn. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and I was like, sisterhood of the traveling pants? Uh, wife of David Cross. The most, the strangest couple in the world. True. I, yeah, very much so. Yeah, forgot she was in this. Adam Brody was in it for a split second. I screamed. I was like... Is that Adam Brody? Well, and I wrote down Adrian Brody, and then I was like, that's not right. And so I went and Googled it, and I was like, no, Adrian Brody's Stanford prison experiment guy. And then I Googled, and I was like, oh, no, it's Adam Brody, and he was listed as male teen number one. (laughs) So he doesn't have a a big role. No, he's only in it for maybe a minute. Not even. Yeah, probably not. But Naomi Watts, conspiracy theory... Was that not Scarlett Johansson? (laughs) 
oh god no are you sure yeah there was multiple times where i was like i think scarlett johansson's standing in for naomi watts no yes 100 percent. that i'm not a big fan of scarlett johansson you are well not necessarily like i just love her and her but it's just because it's her voice um nanny diaries love that movie oh actually great movie love um, Lenny, once again and then i can't think of anything else other than like the marvel movies where i was like yeah. i love scarlett johansson in this yeah actually you know what that's that was a unfair thing to say because i like a lot of her movies i just didn't she's not someone who i like get excited to see and stuff fair and i really like naomi watts I couldn't tell you a single other movie Naomi Watson's in. Mulholland Drive. Never seen it. She was in a uh, Netflix series called Gypsy that I loved. Never seen that. Um, okay, cool. I need those glasses that like tint with the sun. What? You know those glasses that like... I am sl- not wearing transition lenses. No, but I need them. Oh, you do. Because it keeps getting brighter behind you and then I'm like <laughs> this. Then it goes, it gets dark and I'm like, ah, <laughs> I can see again. I thought you said, are you wearing... <laughs> I was like, no, I'm really not. I think I would be concerned because if I'm seeing your eyes go dark, either one, I should get help. Yeah. Two, you should get help. (laughs) Yeah. Three, I think we just collectively need help. I Just like in a general sense. Yeah, we need help. Mm -hmm. Specifics? Not going to get into that. No. Don't need to. Not the time nor the place. But yeah, I had, like, other than like, you know, Samara, the like look... Of the movie, the well, the ring, like the general logistics of this movie, I am aware of. Right. And, but then the only other thing that I was like, I'm having another moment of exorcism of Emily Rose, <laughs> where horses. this fucking horse, I was like, all I remember is there's a horse, a horse. <laughs> <laughs> that was so unexpected. It's kind of Scottish. <laughs> Kind of sounded like you were about to say a hearse. Anyways, there was a horse yep. in this recollection of mine, and that it jumped off a boat. And I pictured it being a tiny boat. And once again, like, exorcism of Emily Rose, I allowed you to gaslight me because I thought that was true. And I was I was picturing basically, like, a full-grown horse jumping out of a canoe. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was in the videotape. Like, just a quick mm. thing in the videotape, and anytime it cut to water, I'd be like, here we go. <laughs> and then it never happened. No, and then it... And then it really happened. Yeah, and I was like, God, this is a lot. That was a... We'll talk about it after. That is a fantastic scene. Yes. Also, like, just heart-wrenching. Yes. Anyways. The only other thing that I can think of of this movie... Mm. Okay. It's fucking Scary Movie 3. I... I know. Go ahead. Tell the audience. Well, as we all know, I'm an avid scary movie fan, even though they are very outdated. They are. And they need help. But Brenda, the main character, well, one of them, um, she is in the living room and the tape starts playing on the TV after she tries to turn it off. Yeah. She sees what is supposed to be Samara. Samara? I think Samara, just because we have a friend with a similar name. Mm. But she's talking about how the news is on and how another white girl found fell down the well and that we're covering that instead of the 50 black people that were beaten by cops and yet again another whitey down a hole is what she says and then she says the classic cindy the tv is leaking and i fucking love that line so much um and then she ends up fighting samara in the living room karate battle i remember that um so when i was watching this movie i was ready for somebody to be like cindy the tv's leaking didn't happen but then i went and watched that whole scene remember that time though remember that time though 
that my roommate i was like so so disappointed she goes i can really go for a scary movie right now and i got so excited i like left the app that we were in i went to the next one i went to the horror section and i'm going through and i'm like what about and i i find one i'm like oh what about this one and she's like i don't want to watch a scary movie I was like, you literally just said you want to watch a scary movie. And she goes, yeah, I meant a scary movie. The scary the movie scary series. Any of them. And um, my heart shattered. Did you watch any of them? Well, we have watched one of them, but I don't think we did then. I think I was so disappointed that I couldn't let it happen. Shut off the TV and left. Basically. The third one, though. Okay, here we go. In Seattle, teenage best friends Katie and Becca discuss the legend of a cursed videotape. Whoever watches it will die seven days later. Katie admits she watched the tape a week ago, and minutes later, she's killed by an unseen force. Katie's aunt, a journalist and single mother named Rachel, begins to investigate Katie's death. She learns that Katie's friends who also watched the tape all died on the same night. Rachel travels to Shelter Mountain Inn, where Katie had watched the tape on a trip with friends. She watches the tape, which contains disturbing, gruesome imagery. Once the tape ends, her phone rings and an unknown caller whispers, seven days. Rachel recruits Noah, her ex-boyfriend and the father of her son, to study the tape, making a copy after he watches the original. As the days go on, Rachel begins to experience strange things, haunted by a young girl with soaking wet, long black hair. An investigation into the tape's imagery leads Rachel to Anna Morgan, a horse breeder who committed suicide after her horses drowned themselves. Rachel catches Aiden, her son, watching the tape and discovers that Noah is also experiencing supernatural occurrences. She travels to speak to Anna's husband, Richard, while Noah goes to the psychiatric hospital to view Anna's medical files. Both of them separately discover that Anna had an adopted daughter, Samara, who was able to physically etch mental images onto surfaces and into people's minds. Rachel tries to speak with Richard about Samara, but he denies her existence. Rachel speaks with the local doctor who explains that Samara was adopted due to Anna's infertility and refers her to the psychiatric hospital that she believes Samara is still in. Is it Samara? Like, now I'm fully just like, I have no idea. I think it's Samara. I think it is. Okay. Rachel sneaks back to Anna's farmhouse and watches a videotape of Samara in a psychotherapy session claiming that she can't control her abilities. Rachel confronts Richard, who commits suicide after learning Samara's powers still linger. Noah and Rachel return to the inn and find a stone well hidden under the floorboards. Rachel falls into the well, experiencing a vision of Anna suffocating Samara and throwing her down the well where she died seven days later, her last sight being the ring of daylight around the well's cap. Samara's corpse resurfaces after Noah tells Rachel that the seven-day deadline has passed. The authorities assure the pair that Samara's corpse will be properly buried. The next day, Rachel tells Aiden that the curse has been lifted. But distressed, Aiden tells her it was a mistake to help Samara. At his apartment, Noah is murdered by Samara's ghost. Upon finding his disfigured corpse, Rachel returns home and destroys the original tape, wondering why Noah was killed, but she was not. She realizes that unlike Noah, she made a copy of the tape, which Aiden watched, thereby continuing the cycle that Samara wants to spread of duplicating the video and showing it to someone else to save oneself. As Rachel helps Aiden make a copy of the cursed tape, he asks what will happen to the person who watches it. Rachel does not answer. I forgot that the movie ended that way. In my mind, she ended up dying. Alas, she does not. Mm -hmm. I do remember Noah dying. Mm -hmm. I forgot she had a son. And I had Who a... Who had the worst haircut. And I also had this conspiracy theory the whole time that I really thought was fact, as I tend to do with movies, that she... Or that he was her nephew. 
he doesn't call her mom. No. He calls her Rachel. Yeah. And so the whole movie, I was like, is this her son or is she just babysitting? But then she gets a babysitter. <laughs> Bless you. Lovely. <laughs> that and also she just does not seem motherly. And I think that was the point. Yeah, I don't... It's such a weird dynamic between them. It works really well because it adds to this, like, intensity of the movie where it's like, that's off-putting. Yeah. And at the same time, like, the whole movie is off-putting. Speaking of the weird, just overall tone of the movie, I thought this was really interesting. They went to, like, great lengths in editing to Mm -hmm. create this atmosphere. So they had the natural, gloomy light of Seattle. Yeah. Which any show or movie that you watch based in Seattle, it's always rainy. It's always gray. Although I did notice, I think that they, I want to say they filmed in Vancouver. Oh, probably. Because there was a truck that went by that said Chinook. Oh. And I was like, oh. But they use filters to give the scenes like an aqua tint. Mm-hmm. I didn't consciously pick up on that. But when I read that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And there, I didn't notice this, but there's almost no shadows. Yes. So I, I was like looking up this while I was watching this morning, making yeah. my notes. But they wanted to make it as if the characters were feeling like they were like floating in space. Mm. And so while I was watching the second half, I was noticing that there like really is zero shadows. So So interesting. In my mind, if you're creating no shadows, you're going to have, like, a full ring of light above the characters that any shadows around them will be just underneath, like, their feet. Mm -hmm. And you notice that. Like, I noticed it very, like, more specifically in his apartment. They were kind of just walking around that it would just be, like, shadows around their feet. So it makes it look like they're just this floating person in this cool, eerie, dark space. Hmm. But yeah, I, I noticed the color and... I follow a lot of Instagram accounts, I think like two or three that are called just like movie color palettes. And all they do is that they take shots from movies, pull out the main colors from all of them. And it's like the exact same color in every shot. It's like that teal, dark, like sea green. Yeah. And it makes it look like it's underwater the whole time. You could probably do like a whole video essay on this. Yeah. Somebody has done it. And I watched a three minute video, how to color edit like the ring. That's cool. You're so, like, someone could do a whole video about it. I'm like, we're doing a whole podcast about it. So. True, but not, but not just specifically on the color right, itself. Yeah. One thing that I'm sure we probably have a lot of the same facts about this movie, because there's not a lot. Mm-mm. But one thing that blew my mind was that in the first 24 hours of the film's physical release, it sold 2 million DVD copies. That is insane. That is so much. So many. Sorry, not much. That is so much movie. <laughs> So much disc film. So many. That is an absurd amount for a movie. For CDs. But I remember this movie being so popular. See, and I don't. You, I just think you're like 10 years younger <laughs> than me. I was going to be like, yeah, but you were younger. You're not that much younger than me. Yeah, I, I do. Maybe it was because my sister at the time would have been at an, at an age where that would have been something her and her friends wanted to see and, and were scared mm-hmm. of. Because this movie came out when I was in grade two. Right. That would have been not on my radar at all. Right. It was Harry Potter. All the way. So, I don't know. It just blows my mind that this movie was so, so much bigger than I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought it was still kind of like this indie. No, it was Like very, when it came out. My perception of it was that it was very grudge-like in the sense that it was like overnight, very successful. A weird thing. So, I remember, so I used to work at Walmart when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And I would always go through the $5 movie bin because when you're working at Walmart and you're 15, you're not having thousands and thousands of dollars to spend, nor do I have that now, nor will I ever. (laughs) Also, the five, 
dollar movie bin will always just bring me so much joy. I could look through it for hours. Me too, because the shit that you find in there is so nonsensical. And it's just like, sometimes it's new, sometimes it's really old. Sometimes it's movies you've never heard of in your life. Mm -hmm. And one of those movies was The Ring that I found in there. And I do have it somewhere. I do not know where it is at the moment. I was going to find it. I'm pretty sure it was too... Kennedy, what the fuck was that? Okay. <laughs> Am I podcasting with a toddler? I was just like, so curious if my hand would fit. <laughs> if my hand would fit in the glass and then I wanted to show you, but I didn't realize there was still water. You didn't feel the water on your hand? explain what just happened. So here I am sitting talking about finding the ring at the $5 movie bin and, you know, pulling out the physical copy to show Kennedy. Why? It's, I don't know. Kennedy looks me dead in the eyes and pulls her hand up in a fist with one of my glass cups just around it, pouring water all over to the pillow and carpet in my apartment and just smiling like she just like won something. And just water pouring down your arm, just all over the floor, and you didn't stop. It took me a really long time to notice, because I was looking at you. I can't, I'm fully crying. Wow. Oof. She wanted to show me her fist in the cup. Fist a cup. I just wanted to show you that my whole fist would fit in the They're cup. They're large cups, so I believe that my fist would also fit in the cup. You're probably right. I just wanted, I just wanted to share with the glass. Share with the glass as well. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so you found the ring in the $5 movie bin. Yes. And it was one of many where we would, we as in me and my friend Jana would go and buy them Mm -hmm. and we would just watch them all. We watched the ring and the DVD menu of it, let it just sit. It just plays the, the full tape. No. Yeah. And so, (laughs) no. (laughs) Anyways. I'm in the delirious part of my hangover now. More often than not, whenever Jen and I hung out when we were in high school, we would put on a movie, watch it, and then both of us would just fall asleep after. Yep. Don't shut it off. Yeah. We both woke up multiple times in the middle of the night just to watch the tape playing and then just fall back asleep. That's terrifying. It is so... It's just a lot. It's a lot. One thing is if you purposely go to find that DVD menu, you have to like push all the way up to the top and then it plays the full tape. Mm-hmm. But you're not allowed. The only way you can stop it is if you just shut off your TV. Like, your mouse clicker, like, is disabled for the whole video. That's so rude. But watching the movie, I really expected more of the full tape. So they don't play the full tape? No. I'm pretty sure the full tape's, like, a good... It's two minutes and 20 seconds. Holy shit. It's long. Oh, I need to watch it. I'll put it on the TV after. Okay. Um. So, yeah, there's a lot of, like... It's just, like, random videos of, like, worms going through the screen or, like, it's, like, none of it makes sense to the movie. Right. But it is, like, a full, it's a full feature in itself. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I remember watching. Apparently, another thing that I didn't know about this movie, but if you watch this movie in the theater in U.S. and Canada, I'm pretty sure it's probably, like, the bigger cities, like, New York, Los Angeles, Toronto, Vancouver. Sure. Um, apparently, they put a copy of the tape as a promotional thing on everybody's seats that you had one to take home. That's so fun. So people have 
like physical tapes of it. That's so of the movie or of no, the, of the, the tape. The, the tape itself. That oh, of course not the movie. That was dumb. Um, but wow. And it was only in the first week of the, it being in the theaters. I wonder if you could find that. I bet that goes for like it's probably. So I was going to say eBay. so much on eBay. That would be like such a fun little like not a. I mean, it's a gift, but like a fun movie going experience just to show it to the theater and be like, oh my gosh. But then also. You go into the movie not 100% knowing what it's going to fully entail other than, like, trailers you maybe catch on TV. And then you have this tape with you after you watch the movie and you go home and you're like, do I dare to play it? I was just thinking, do you think that people hesitated to watch it? I, I would have. I fully would have just been like, it can just go on the shelf. It can sit and collect dust. Yeah. And, and maybe I'll show it to a friend one night when I'm feeling spooky. Right? But I'm not going to be in the room. Nope. <laughs> Things that I hated about this movie. Okay. Tell me. The telephone. It was so annoying having to listen to that phone ring when she's calling Noah towards the end of the movie and it's like a good five minutes of ringing. I was like, bitch, hang up the phone. For real. And he's not answering. Obviously, one, he's not home. Two, he's preoccupied. Three, dead. He doesn't want to talk to you. Yeah. Hang up the phone. Everybody had the same ringtone and I was just like... It was 2002. They couldn't customize that shit. They probably could have. I hated that. But then, saw a Reddit post Mm -hmm. that said, ring is not only... The circular ring. It's the telephone the ring. ring. I love when shit comes full circle. Right? Like a ring. There's hidden rings through the whole movie. Oh, really? Like, it's apparently in the carpet. There's, like, in her house, there's rings. The coffee cup, when he picks up, there's, like, the ring on the newspaper. Noah, towards the end. I bet somebody's isolated all of those and put it on YouTube. <sighs> Probably. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go find that. We love an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. I, well, I love Easter eggs. You love an Easter egg. It just it makes the movie... It feels like it goes above and beyond. Yeah. That just surface level. Even if it's unintentional, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, they really did something. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever watch the original? I didn't. I haven't either. Um, The original writer mm-hmm. of the Japanese novel, I believe, um, not the screenplay, but the novel that the screenplay was based mm-hmm. on, he wrote Dark Waters as well, which uh, they adapted into an American film. And Jennifer Connelly was the star of that, which is interesting because she was going to be the star of this movie. Why can't I remember Dark Waters? You never, you never saw it. We've talked about it. What am I? What is the one that I'm thinking of? With it was like recent, and it also had to do with water, but it wasn't The Shape of Water. I'm just getting Piranha and Jaws <laughs> and open water. Movies about water. No, it's not going to come to me. Well, that's an- annoying. This is going to drive me insane now, and it's going to have nothing to do with this. I know, but now, now inquiring minds want to know. While I search for this movie, mm-hmm. do you know what this the tone of this movie reminded me of? What? The Eye with Jessica Alba. Mm. Do you, did you watch that movie? I did. It really reminded me of the tone of it, The Killing. Did you ever watch it on Netflix? It was a series. No, I didn't. Man, it was so good. A lot of people didn't watch it, and I, I don't know why. Because it was really good, but it was shot probably in Vancouver. Actually, I know it was shot in Vancouver. It was set in Seattle, and the coloring was very, very similar. Hmm. Yeah. Um, while you look that up, I wanted to ask you about this fact that I had found. Uh, so they had cast and they'd written a part and they'd cast a person. They shot it of this bookend of the film. That would be uh, a serial killer that Naomi Watts would have like been writing a piece about. And in the very beginning of the movie, he would be trying to convince her that he'd like turned over a new leaf kind of thing. Hmm. And then at the end of the movie, she would give him the copy of the videotape so that way it's kind of wrapped up nicely as like a moral, you get some sort of moral justice. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if someone's going to die, 
then yeah, I guess a murderer is a fine choice. But they found that it distracted from the plot, so they just cut that all together. And I am curious, what do you think is a better ending? If it's just ambiguous that we don't know who's going to end up with the tape or that there is this like kind of tat, this kind of tidy wrap up. I want to say that I like this ending that we saw. Yeah. I think having that extra character in there would have just made zero sense. Yeah. Because there's a lot of parts where even in the movie, I was like, this could be condensed by like 40 minutes and we could have taken a lot out of this. The relationship between Rachel and Noah, to me, was so unnecessary. I know. Like, nothing enough happens between them to give us this, like, the strange moment where the woman he works with stops by and she kind of has, like, a moment of jealousy and that they keep it from the audience for such a long time that he is the father to her son. None of it, to me, was impactful enough that it mattered. If they didn't have any of that, I feel like it would have been the same story. He could have just been a coworker for the amount of chemistry that they mm-hmm. had. And then like at the very end when he is dead and the other girl is going into the apartment, mm-hmm. I was just like, once again, this is just like not necessary. It could have been picked up so, I don't know. It, it was very good because mm-hmm. I think it has a good payoff, but I do think that it could be wrapped up way more. And mm-hmm. so adding in that serial killer element, I would have just been like, throw it out. Yeah. So I'm glad that they did. Even though. We would have thought nothing about it if it had been in the movie. Because it would have just been the movie. <laughs> How much longer do you think it would have been? I don't think that that really would have taken that much time. We open up on her interviewing this guy. We find That's how we find out she's a journalist, say. And it's a 40-second scene. And then it's just a callback at the end. Wouldn't have that's true. Time. You're right. Finally figured out that fucking movie. What is it? A Cure for Wellness. Oh. Dane DeHaan is his name, not Declan. I don't remember that movie. Other than, like, the weird water bits. Oh, my God. What? It's directed by Gore Verbinski. That's so weird. That's so weird. You were like, oh, it's going to be irrelevant. Same director. I just got full body chills. Like, look at the coloring also. Oh, yeah. Super similar. Weird. A Cure for Wellness. Why did I think that that was... I thought that was, like, a... uh, What's his name? Who did um, Melancholia and Antichrist. Was not. What is his name? Oh, Lars von Trier. <laughs> Lars von Trier. Also, can we talk about how having Gore as your first name is kind of iconic? It is. I wonder what the wonder the what that derives is. from. Yeah. He also directed Pirates of the Caribbean. Underrated film. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even start. Uh, speaking of Verbinski, he said that he didn't like the process of making a horror film. He said, it's no fun making a horror film. You get into some dark areas of the brain, and after a while, everything becomes a bit depressing. I'm pleased with the end result, but it was not something I'm ready to jump back into right away. And I found that interesting because we often hear or talk about how making a horror movie is so clinical for the actors that it's not scary for them. Mm -hmm. There's just like, there's such a process to it. But I have noticed lately that i've been having really bad dreams interesting and i was thinking about this theme of like my dreams which is that they're not inherently scary where something is happening that i'm terrified of but there's a lot of gore happening and like Hmm. i was like something completely normal could be happening but i'll be like walking through a backyard and there will be like a torso and i was trying to think of what like why is this happening all of a sudden because i stopped having bad dreams years ago 
And I was like, oh, well, it's probably because I'm watching horror movies all the time and having to look at them in such a different way. Interesting. Yeah. So it is interesting to me that there, there is something to that. If you're going into this place, it's going to have an effect. Mm-hmm. I wonder with like very serious, scary movies, if they have some sort of like system for the actors to go through. I wonder if they do now. Like in terms of like... Like mental health. Um, I'm sure if the content is really heavy, I'm sure they'd have something. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd hope so. Yeah, you know, because I'm just even thinking of like people who played played dark characters like Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like the entertainment industry can't afford that. I know, but yeah, that's very interesting because I always wonder also what it's like to film a scary movie, and we've had this discussion. Yeah, and uh, the guy who played Noah said that they felt really nervous about it because when you're making a horror movie, so much of it comes out in the editing. And he was like, we would just stop, like Naomi and I would just stop and look at each other Hmm. and be like, people are going to laugh at this. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Hmm. Keeping with editing, I don't know if you know this or noticed it when you were watching, but if you were to play the movie frame by frame, Mm -hmm. there is clips and flashes of just like the tape in it. I did notice one. Towards the end. Yes. Yes. And it made me wonder if there was a more throughout the movie that I hadn't noticed. Yeah, the whole film is in it. So technically, you are watching the whole film. You just don't know what it. What a mind fuck. Right? You know? I, I just wonder who's thinking of all of these things. Because it can't just be one person. We were even talking about the horse scene. We forgot to bring that up. Yeah. Get into it. She gets on a ferry. And she's walking past a horse trailer. And she... Mm-hmm has like an eyeball connection makes eye contact in <laughs> my brain today <laughs> um so she's having this eyeball contact with mm. the horse and then it starts freaking out and it jumps i mean out of i would trailer. too she's on the ferry has direct eye contact with the horse he goes bazonkers bazonkers is the best way to explain it he starts running around the boat and then he just le- leaps Leap. off of- <laughs> <laughs> he leaps off of it and then he gets pulled under the boat hits a propeller comes out bloody on the other horse side soup yeah i mean he doesn't come out bloody on the other side just blood comes out on the other side um when the horse is frantic and jumps off the boat and then it is trying to swim alongside the boat i was like i can't watch this it's really heartbreaking it just like it felt so sad because it looked so real yeah was it a real horse um sort of no. They used eight different horses that were all trained for specific different parts. And the part of the sequence where it leaps, it was vaulted onto like a soft cushion. And then the water and all of that was generated in post-production. Fair. And then you know how there was the the scene with the horses on the beach? The dead horses? Mm-hmm. Those were just um, stuffed animals purchased from a taxidermist. Not just stuffed animals. Stuffed animals. Too bad they didn't have that dirt, that makeup artist from... I was thinking about that, Midsommar. Yeah, because those horses are terrifying. Yeah. I don't know why in my mind, when I was thinking of that horse, and I was like, they used a real horse beside a boat, that, one, the boat's not running. No. Two, that water is probably just a little bit deeper so that it has to paddle. Mm-hmm. Three, like... Yeah, that's a real insurance issue. I don't think they're really putting... They're not throwing a horse into a river next to a running boat. Well, remember when they did that with that one dog? From a dog's purpose, was it? What do you mean? There was um, behind-the-scenes footage of somebody was taping on their phone. 
so the dog had to swim like in a a river like a raging river type thing is what i want to think and the dog was scared to go in and the person just like pushed the dog into the water Mm -hmm. and like kept making this dog do this thing even though it was like terrified and like was so scared and yeah they i remember that movie getting canceled yes it did because they were not the dog trainers were awful to the dogs yeah and a dog's purpose is not that yes but yeah the water would it's not like they're actually putting this horse beside a boat on a fair like beside the ferry making it jump in it's called movie magic (laughs) um so i don't know how true this is but we do know that the ring was remade for american audiences from ringu which is the Japanese. Yes, the Japanese version. Um, so there's some people who think that this movie and, like, the story dates back to this Japanese story of the samurai and, like, a servant girl um, about 300 years ago in the um, Himeji Castle. I think I'm saying that right. The samurai wanted this girl to be his mistress, but did not reciprocate it at all. And Wait. She did not reciprocate. Yes. Got it. She decided that she wanted to kill herself than rather fall in love with this servant samurai and and be a servant for him. Mm -hmm. So she ended up drowning herself in the castle's stone well. People believed that her spirit ended up haunting people and like that she like would torture people and that she was like wearing this white dress with her hair soiled and that she would crawl out of the well to like <gasps> visit the samurai and like taunt him that is so scary i bet that's a huge tourist attraction now yeah um so the well is named after after her yeah. still to this day um and it still apparently is well kept it's one of the largest castles in japan apparently hmm but apparently, like, there is, like, m- versions of this story. Like, that's pretty much, like, pretty cliff's notes of yeah. it. Like, it's not, there's a lot of... There's a lot more to it. Yeah. Interesting. That's where people think that the inspiration came from for this movie cool. and this book. Cool. I want to look into that story. Will you? Well, I will, actually. Hmm. One other scene that I want to mention that actually made me, like, sick watching this movie was when she was pulling the hair. <gasps> I kept thinking, that's going to get wrapped around one of your organs... And you're going to die. It was so... It went on for so long. Mm -hmm. Rachel, at one point, is on the phone. Again, ring, ring, has to call somebody. And she starts coughing uncontrollably in... I believe it's her bathroom. I think she's in her kitchen, actually. Somewhere in her house. And she starts coughing and, like, starting to, like, pull something out of her mouth. And it just ends up being this long, like, twisted strand. And it's thick. It's, It's, like, ropey. Yeah. it's, It's a lot of hair. That she's pulling. And it's like, you know, one of those magician tricks where they're pulling the mm-hmm. handkerchiefs out of their mouth or out of whatever object. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. But she's also gagging on it. This I almost just gagged right <laughs> then and there. It is so disgusting. I am my throat is clenching. It is so gross to talk about. It's really nasty. I think I pretty I think I like looked away after a while just because it just never ended. Yeah. It was really gross and really upsetting. And then it just ended up on the floor. Mm-hmm. I would have had a more extreme reaction than she did, too. I would have fully thrown up all over the hair on the Me ground. Too. I would have been sobbing. <laughs> I would have been screaming. I would never stop screaming. No. I would probably, like, burn all of this, like, stuff that came out of my body. Mm-hmm. Go for an x-ray. Anything. Do a cleanse and a purge. Yes. 
Do you know what's also interesting? What? It's that she was the first one that we are aware of that she's like, seven days? No. And she, like, just started running. Everybody else is kind of like, ha, 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 like, joke's on you. Oh, I see what She was saying. the first one that took it seriously. Well, yeah, because her niece died. True. But nobody else's family died? I think they probably just thought it was some sort of urban legend. Mm. You never hear good urban legends these days. No. I would like a nice haunted tape to show up. I don't. I don't. I <laughs> Yeah, no, I fully take that back. I was considering calling you. And doing seven days. Yeah. I would have killed you. Can you still star six, seven? I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's not a thing that would exist anymore. No, but I would have just used a free phone number. What? You can, like, call, like, from a random phone number on the internet. Oh. I know. Don't do that to me. I won't. Thank you. That's all I kind of have to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is... How did you feel about it in terms of... I know, I know we'll go through this in the rating system, but... In terms of her as a character, Samara, or Samara, I just want to acknowledge that I could be wrong, being scary. Do you find her scary? No. Me neither. Watching it now, no. But, like, when you're younger, Mm -hmm. having, like, a faceless figure, but it's also kind of, like, sad just because it's, like, a little girl. It's, like, the same thing with Emily Rose all over again. Yes. Also, the whole thing. So, there's the one scene where, after a while, Noah shows up on his fairy journey Mm -hmm. they're like oh the farmhouse and they find out that she samara samara was living in the top of like the barn in an attic room thing they decided that ladder was like i don't even know how tall they just decided to go like seven stories tall they literally were just like we're gonna climb this they didn't check if it would break they didn't check if it was sturdy it was just leaning against like one piece of plywood up there and they both were on it at the same time crawling up there i don't get the impression from either one of these people that they're super worried about self-preservation no well she went through like a lot you're right she that's actually kind of what the whole movie is about is the (laughs) lengths that she would go for self-preservation you're right um but also she wanted to save her son who might have been her nephew who might have been an adopted child that was the one super cheesy moment where they're like, why are you here? And she was like, for my son. And you're like, okay. I was like, he calls you Rachel. Yeah. And he seems like a grown man in a child's body. There was one point, I don't remember what happened, but he like was looking this way and then he turns around and he's like, <laughs> and he looked at her like, how dare you? And I was like, how old is this child? Right? I said to my roommate, I want like a weird, wise, old child. And she goes, yeah, kids like that are just traumatized. I was like, oh. You're right. Yes. I actually don't want that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, overall sad. Yeah. And, like, that the father, that whole storyline of the father just being, like... That suicide. Could he have plugged in more <laughs> things? You're... <laughs> Thinking back now, yeah. You just need to plug in one thing to an electrical thing. And he was like, no. Let me bring in the family room TV, the kitchen <laughs> TV, the basement TV. The ev- stove. The stove. Um, I have this contraption that I'm going to put over my head into my mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, he never brought a toaster. Fine film. Much like Emily Rose, more, like, procedural than I thought. Mm-hmm. It was a lot more about, like, the investigation, and it wasn't super terrifying. No, but, but there was a couple of jumps where I was like, ooh. When they cut to Amber Tamblyn's face. In the co- I jumped. Because I forgot about that. Me too. I forgot how, like, deformed the faces get. I found that to be a little gimmicky. Yes. But terrifying nonetheless. True. Very true. Yeah, Samara, Samara herself. Just not sad. as ex- yeah. 
Not as scary as I remember it being. I feel like kids in movies can be unintentionally scary. Mm -hmm. But when you have a figure like that who is experiencing something, it's just sad because it's a kid. Also, when her skin and, like, she decomposed in Rachel's arms, I was like, ugh. It is a very sad moment realizing, like, that she died because she was trapped at the bottom of a well. Mm -hmm. But watching that, like, if I was Rachel, I'd be like, ugh. (laughs) Yeah, I would be picking (laughs) up the corpse of a child. I'm sorry. I don't know her. Should we rate it? I think we, I don't think that either one of us is doing too hot. Nope. Um, And I am so, I was sober yesterday. That's good for you. That's nice. Scary. I'm going to go with a four. I was going to say a three. Mm-hmm. It's got something. Yeah, it has its moments, but overall, it's once again more sad than anything. Yeah. When you really think about it. Unsettling. Didn't stick with me. No. I think that the tape itself yes. is the unsettling part because it's just like, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And also the concept of that like is scary. But I saw this movie when I was younger, and it I don't remember it bothering me. I don't remember feeling, like, scarred by it or mm-hmm. anything. And you said you haven't seen it in, like, the sequel or the reboot? No, but I do want to watch the sequel now. Um, I remember that the reboot, I want to say that it ended by somebody just uploading the video to YouTube. Oh. Yeah, and that's, that's the way that they, they were spreading it. But I can't remember if that was the beginning of the movie or if that was the end of the movie and how they, like, wrapped mm-hmm. it up. Well, I kept thinking this movie relies heavily on the use of early 2000s technology. Mm-hmm. This simply could not happen now. Or the whole world would be wiped out. Yes. Sounding a VHS tape? <laughs> like, would you do it? Say a video... Yeah. A video was going around and you'd been told... That there was an actual case and you could look it up that someone died. Would you try to watch it or find it? I said no. I wouldn't try to actively seek it out. No. But if you received this tape yeah. and there was this case and they were like, you have to give it to somebody else, would you go do it? Because guess what? We all did it. It was called Chainmail in 2005. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to be that person. I'd do it. I'm, I'm not letting it end with me. No. That sounds so boring. And me of all people. I don't need to die. Right. It's not my responsibility. No. I don't know. Like, or does how does the think... chain end? I don't know, because I was thinking that after the movie ended. I was like, when does it stop? You could just keep handing it to each other. Yeah. Although, what? You accidentally sleep through day seven? You're like, oh, I'll deal with it next week. Yeah. Oh, I forgot we were in the middle of rating this. That's okay. Oh, unsettling. Uh, two, even. Yeah, I... Two as well. I don't have... It's not spooky spooky. Story. Five, six. Yeah, I'm going to go with five. Like, overall, like, I think that this movie is, like, a, it's well-rounded, but when you put it individually, it doesn't add up to that. You know what I mean? Well, even when I was reading the synopsis, I just had this feeling of there's so many random small moving parts that just don't really need mm-hmm. to be there. No, that makes sense. Um, oh, so, yes. was it a paper cut or was it a bloody massacre? I'm going to say it's, like, when you get a ring, you're trying on a ring and you... St- it can't get off your finger. You like have that little panic, and then it slides off. Mm. That's what it is. That's like a very good analogy. Just like a little. Oh, you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. It's like pulling one full hair out of your throat. Just a strand. We've all done it. <sighs> Just one though. Or like when a fly accidentally lands in your mouth. What is more embarrassing than that? Nothing. It's just, it feels so dehumanizing. <laughs> it's such a violation. It really is. And you're like, how dare you? Of me? Of all people. Right? To put your dirty things 
on my tongue. When you have the whole world. This has been another episode of the Bloody Podcast. Correct? It has been. I could tell you all the things that you can go do, but I think that you guys know. You can find us on TikTok. You're Twitter, still going to do it. Yep. Podcast for. That's it. On the YouTube. Yep. Send us an email. Please. Until next time. Before you die, you see the ring.